For Status, I am Mira Nabulsi. In the following interview, we talk with Zuha Khalili, an attorney with the organization Palestine Legal. We talk about the resolution proposed by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, which aims to protect the use of boycott as a constitutionally protected free speech and as a tool for social change. It comes around the same time the Congressional Democrats are advancing a non-binding resolution to condemn the boycott, divestment and sanctions or the BDS movement against Israel. Although the resolution does not reference Israel or BDS specifically, it is understood to be in response to national and state legislations attempting to criminalize those engaging in boycott activities against Israel. So I think one thing that's important to recognize about the bill is that what it's doing is it's affirming the existing law that says that all Americans have a right to engage in boycotts to advance civil rights and that that right is protected by the First Amendment. So the what the resolution does is it describes the history of the right to boycott and it states that the Supreme Court has recognized that it's a right that's protected by the First Amendment. The resolution does not specifically address boycott, divestment, and sanctions, and it does not specifically talk about Israel because boycotts are a tool that have been used in social movements throughout the history of this country. And so it is a resolution that is meant to protect the rights of all Americans, and it affects all social movements. This is a non-binding resolution, correct? That's right. The bill's co-sponsors are Palestinian-American Congresswoman Rashida Talib from Michigan and Democratic Congressman John Lewis. So what is the next step for this bill? So right now the resolution has been referred to, I believe, the Committee on the Judiciary, and so it would need to be considered by the committee and then advanced to the House for a full vote. So since this is a non-binding measure, what are the legal consequences of this bill if it goes through all the procedural steps and it passes, let's say. What it does is it expresses the sense of the House of Representatives in recognizing that the right to boycott is one that extends throughout the country and extends to all people who are interested in engaging in boycotts for civil and human rights. It does not specifically have a legal consequence, but it does provide support to individuals who are striving for justice and equality and choose to use boycotts as one method of engaging in that struggle. And the resolution specifically asks members of Congress, uh, members of state legislatures, civil rights leaders to support the right to boycott and not to advance legislation that's meant to restrict that right, as we've seen happening in response to the boycott, divestment and sanction efforts to advance Palestinian rights. I read that the fact that she has two co-sponsors in this resolution makes it easier on her because she can take the back seat and she can allow Congressman Lewis and Rashida Talib to take this forward. So I haven't seen any situations where Congresswoman Ilhan Omar has taken a back seat. She seems like a very outspoken advocate for justice and for her communities that she represents. I believe that she chose this moment because one of the attacks that she has faced from Donald Trump has been attacks based on her support for Palestinian rights and based on the other members of the squad's support for Palestinian rights. Mm -hmm. And so this is one measure to recognize the existing laws that we have that protect the movement for Palestinian rights, like all other social movements that are interested in boycotts. And there is another non-binding resolution that's been pushed 
by APAC. House Resolution 246 um, currently, I think it was actually yesterday, it, it passed out of the House Foreign Affairs Committee and it could potentially advance to a vote among the full House. It is a resolution that was introduced earlier this year that calls for Congress to condemn the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement that is a nonviolent effort by Palestinian civil society to get global attention to the abuses that they are suffering at the hands of the Israeli government. So this resolution is is meant to silence the movement for Palestinian rights and not to allow them to engage in this process. Like the other resolution we were discussing, this is a non-binding resolution, so it does not have a legal impact. It doesn't threaten jail time for anyone who is engaging in these boycotts to support Palestinian rights, but it does have a chilling impact in the same way that Congresswoman Omar's resolution is meant to create space to ensure that people have their constitutional rights protected. This resolution infringes on those constitutional rights by creating a threatening atmosphere. The resolution deeply mischaracterizes boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Like I mentioned, these are tactics that are widely used by social justice movements, and they are being used by Palestinian civil society to allow people around the world to participate in their their struggle for equality and justice. BDS has also come under fire at the state level. 28 U.S. states have passed legislation that would limit companies, nonprofit entities, and individuals from boycotting Israel at the state level And also Israel targets them by not allowing them to enter the country. And Ilhan Omar and Rashida are going to be going to Palestine next month. And I've read that they might not be able to enter Israel as well. Since you work with Palestine Legal, can you give us a sense of challenges that BDS activists face given all these restrictions and bans? And I should also mention that California is one of the states that has passed legislation restricting activism around BDS. I think the most powerful impact that these laws have is that they scare people. The laws are written in a way that is unclear, that causes people not to be sure what they are or are not allowed to do. So the First Amendment is above all state laws. It's above all federal laws, and it protects our right to engage in boycotts. But these states are creating laws that have been recognized by federal courts to be violating the First Amendment. So there there were challenges in Arizona, in Kansas, um, in Texas, and the federal courts there, they recognized that these laws were interfering with people's First Amendment rights. And they they issued orders blocking those laws from taking place. And the states then went back and now they are amending those laws in order to, to prevent them from applying to the individuals that brought the lawsuits, because they know that these laws can't withstand challenge in the federal courts. And so, you know, the laws themselves are not actually meant to have a specific impact that is listed in those laws. It's meant to scare people. So in California, the law, it's it says that if you have a contract with a state agency that is over $100,000, you have to sign something saying that you're not engaged in a discriminatory boycott. BDS is not a discriminatory boycott. It is a boycott that is trying to achieve justice and equality for Palestinians. It's trying to end discrimination. And so people who are engaged in BDS can easily sign that certification and it should not interfere with their ability to get contracts with the state. But you know, when we say that California has an anti-BDS law, that causes individuals in California who want to join this global movement to get Israel to end its human rights abuses. 
it scares them away from being able to do that. And so I think that, that all these measures are meant to create a climate of fear. They're meant to change the story where in this resolution that we spoke about in Congress 246 that is condemning boycott, divestment, and sanctions, the language that it uses to describe boycott, divestment, and sanctions is language that actually more accurately applies to what Israel is doing to Palestinians. It describes it in a way that that creates this climate of violence and this sense that boycott, divestment, and sanctions is something that's causing some kind of harm when it's a completely nonviolent action. It's an economic decision to decide how individuals want to spend their money to be able to pool their collective power to get Israel to stop violating the rights of Palestinians. Zuha Khalili is a staff attorney with Palestine Legal, a national organization that offers legal support to U.S. activists working for justice in Palestine. They also monitor incidents of suppression and silencing of Palestine activism. You've been listening to Status Audio magazine. The Status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner, email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at statushour.com To listen to more conversations, on-the-scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, statushour.com or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit statushour.com.